coming up on the Brent Allen Podcast. Cut. We are now done with the Hamas official music video. Time for lunch break. Thank you, Jabbar. Very cool. Attention all Hamas fighters. We are now launching rockets into Israel. Allahu Akbar. If you do not believe Islam is the religion of peace, we will chop your heads off. Allah damn it, I didn't even get to creep up on that nine-year-old. Get into positions and fire. Allahu Akbar. I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, oh dreidel, I shall play. Oh dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, oh dreidel, I shall play. Prime Minister Netanyahu, Hamas is attacking. Shut up, I'm listening to my music. But Mr. Prime Minister, it's not even Hanukkah. Quiet. Hello? Prime Minister Netanyahu, Israel is being bombed by Hamas. Don't worry, Ben. I will take care of it. Prime Minister Netanyahu, facts don't care about your feelings. My wife, who happens to be a doctor, is concerned with your initiative on Hamas. Hate to say it, but you are factually, philosophically, geographically, spiritually, and in every shape and form incorrect. I'm hanging up, Ben, and I will not be tuning into the Ben Shapiro show this weekend. Okay. This is not epic. Okay, back to Instagram. Wait, what is this? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram Live? Hey everyone, I'm with my boyfriend in my kitchen! Ouch, my ears are bleeding! So guys, I'm making some ramen with my boyfriend! Alexandria, you're not supposed to put that toaster strudel in the microwave! Oh... Sorry, Riley. Ooh, I'm gonna read the comments. Hey, Riley, Ilhan is on the live. Shut up, you stupid bitch. You're so stupid. You put a toaster strudel in the microwave. Oh my god, Ilhan, I'm not inviting you on. Oh my god, Ilhan, get off my live. Hello, everybody. Allahu Akbar. Hi, Ilhan. Alexandria, did you hear about the Hamas rockets fired at Israel? Allahu Akbar, life is good. No, I didn't. But I sure do love socialism, am I right? Shut up, Alexandra. You should be cleaning up this mess. Sorry, Riley. Alexandria, you should have saw it. The sky lit up like the 4th of July. Hey, who is this commenting on my live? At official Ben Shapiro. Quote, Ilhan, why do you support Hamas if it's launching rockets into civilian areas? Um, Alexandria, my power is dying on my phone. I have to go. Bye. Oh, okay. At real Donald Trump commented, Thank you, Ben. Very cool. And if you let me cool you one time, you be my regular style. All right, boys. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brent Allen Podcast. Today is our 12th episode and our fourth solo episode. But real quick, before we get into anything else, please head over to iTunes or whatever you're listening to this episode on and give the show a dazzling five-star rating. We really need some more ratings. 
the current ratings and reviews bring this show to four and a half stars so thank you a lot we need some more but that has helped us out a lot also please plug shout out mention whatever you want to call it this show on your instagram twitter facebook etc we really need some more people uh to get the word out about the show so please go that go do that right now okay now it's time for leftist joke of the day what did Joe Biden say when he visited the elementary school kids? That was an amazing petting zoo. So, getting into the news, Democratic Representative Brian Sims of Pennsylvania, I think it's the 182nd district, has harassed multiple pro-life activists outside of Planned Parenthood in Pennsylvania. According to him, I don't know if it's true or not, it is the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood in the country. Um, as you all know, as I've talked about abortion, covered it before, I am pro-life. I am pro-life from womb to tomb. I am pro-life pretty much. I, the only way I would concede to an abortion is if the woman, if the mother's life is at stake or if she got raped and I'll, it would be a three week cutoff for me. That is the only way I am pro-life. That's the only way, or excuse me, pro-choice. That's the only way you're going to get your argument past me. And then outside of, of those two categories, I pretty much just see it as murder, which it is with all the evidence provided, with all of the studies done, with all of the pictures given. That is a baby. That is not a clump of cells. That is not a clump of tissue. That's an actual baby. They have human rights, and a human right is not to kill a baby and choose to kill a baby according to leftists. But getting by that, pretty much we've seen... So many pro-lifers get attacked by pro-violent pro-choicers. We see it at, and I'm going to emphasize on this, and I'm going to go over this after I show this clip, but we see it at Antifa rallies, which is pretty much, that's their expectations. That's kind of the, the level Antifa is at. We all know that when you go to an Antifa rally and you're pro-life, you're most likely to be attacked, okay? But like I said, Brian Sims, the person who attacked a middle-aged man, who attacked an elderly woman, protester, pro-life, they were peacefully protesting, who attacked a mother of three teenage girls that happened to be there and shamed them for being pro-life and protecting babies, which seems pretty weird. I don't know why they would do that at all, and I don't know why he'd attack them just because you're killing babies. And he is not an actual elected official. He's somebody that people voted for, to be in Congress, to represent the country. And the ironic thing is, is that when Trump says a couple of dumb stuff, when Trump does something out of the ordinary at, I don't know, United Nations or NATO, or pushes somebody aside at a, a whatever rally of global leaders, he is shamed for trying to make America stand out. And sometimes it is in those cases that he's trying to make America stand out. Sometimes he takes just stupid initiatives, but sometimes he says stupid rhetoric, right? Because I don't agree with his rhetoric, and I think most of his rhetoric is garbage. And apparently, all of his stupid rhetoric is trying to shame America, or is shaming and embarrassing America on the world stage, according to leftists. But when Brian Sims does this, that's not embarrassing at all. So I just wanted to show this clip right now. It's I, I like to keep the clips under two minutes. It's, I think, two minutes and 40 seconds, but I can make a two-hour clip of all the pro-choicers, violent pro-choicers, attacking these pro-life advocates. So, here it is. Today in Michigan, a 33-year-old man named Harlan Drake is in custody, charged with two counts of first-degree premeditated murder as well as weapons charges. Prosecutors in Shiawassee County say that Mr. Drake is suspected of shooting to death a 61-year-old man who owned a gravel pit, as well as a 63-year-old retired auto worker who is well-known for protesting against abortion. These are live images, folks, at the doors of the Supreme Court, where you can see protesters have gathered. They are demanding that their voices be heard. And I just want to stop the clip real quick here. Demanding their voices be heard. So this is CNN that just reported this. So you can't see it. It's audio, of course. But this is CNN. And according to them... When, when you say they demand their voices to be heard, when they're demanding all of this stuff, well, it seems like you're, you're saying they're kind of silenced or maybe oppressed a little bit 
which leftists love to do, which is really weird. Why would you like to be oppressed? We're in the freest, greatest country in the world in the history of mankind. Why would you want to be oppressed? But if you go to rallies, if you go to protests, when the left clashes with the right, it's not the right that's yelling and screaming and attacking advocates on the other aisle. It's the left that does this probably 95% of the time. And the funny thing about this is they say they demand their voices to be heard. Well, your voice was kind of heard in 2016 when you elected Trump. We all know we were in this when we elected Trump, that he could appoint members to the Supreme Court. He appointed two. I think one and a half of them were good. Being Kavanaugh is pretty much pro-choice, which is the weird thing. Why, why are these leftists protesting that Kavanaugh somehow wants to take away women's rights when he's pro-choice and has a history of it? Kind of weird. But just hilarious how the left wants to call out that they are oppressed, that the Trump administration is somehow silencing them, and it's just all around despicable. So let me play the rest of the clip, and I will be interjecting too a little bit. So now he's stopping his car. Earlier, she walked out and kept her baby. She loved me. She prayed with me. Her name's now he's getting out to go attack him. He put his hands up. You're on video. Punch in the face one time. It's the second time. Third. Punched him in the face three or four times there. Now his head's gushing, bleeding. So just the tolerant left back at it again. Now I got the injury, SJW. She says her name is Victoria Duran. On this day, taking out not one, but two signs as she unleashes her anger on the pro-life group created equal. The first young man is a summer intern. I get that camera out of my face. See you. I want to call the police. Training director Seth Dreyer is behind the camera. She physically pushed me, my arms. She did um, uh, later on. We were standing by a bus and she pushed me into the bus. It was stationary. And tonight I did catch up with Victoria Duran for her side of the story. The First Amendment protects them from government interference. It doesn't protect them from, from uh, people just basically telling them they're idiots. But you... Okay, so I'm going to pause this real quick. She's, I maybe say, half right here. So the First Amendment protects the government from interfering, okay? But if somebody comes up and commits battery and assault and knocks over people's signs and, and thinks she spit in their faces and shoved them, um, that's assault. So she's got a half right here. But the other half, she's defending herself for somehow, or for attacking them, somehow being, quote, peaceful and justifying why she can push cameramen out of the way when you by the way you can film in public places assault i wouldn't necessarily say so here it is and telling them to keep the camera out of my face as assault justifying you think it's okay to push people i think it's i believe that i had the right to tell them that they did not have my consent to film me and then who can forget this one The ironic thing, just going off topic a little bit in that last clip, was that that was a woman that was behind the camera, that was a man, I don't know what it, the man identifies as, but that's a man. 
And that man kicked her in the face. And he covered it up with, oh, I meant to kick your phone because you're filming me. Another, you were filming me. I can beat you up. I can assault you. Uh, but it's a, it's a public place. And then he kicked her in the face. A he kicking a she, a he knocking down a she. Where are all the feminists? Where are all the feminists? that You, you hear feminists yelling and screaming on bus when a, uh, buses and trains when a man, man spreads. And when a man holds a door open simply for a woman, not demoting them in society, just being a gentleman. Where are all the feminists calling out this dude when he kicked a lady in the face for peacefully filming him in a public area? Just another great move by the left. And moving on, the representative, Brian Sims, he's the Democratic representative for Pennsylvania's 182nd district. He's a total idiot. If you look at his Instagram, he's his profile picture is him flipping off whoever. He In his Instagram bio, he's a little mermaid enthusiast, so I, I kind of see why he did this, just kind of nuts. So what happened here? So what happened was that he was outside his Planned Parenthood. He said it was the most protested in the country, which I believe it is. And he saw, like I said, an elderly woman peacefully protesting. He saw a middle-aged man peacefully protesting. He saw a mother and her two or three daughters peacefully protesting. And that mother went on Fox News. I don't have that clip there, but I have extracted the clips. I have it from when he attacked them because he went on, I think, a Facebook Live or whatever he did there. So he assaulted somebody, or not assaulted, excuse me, harassed somebody, people, ton of people, and went on Facebook Live. So there's more Democratic privilege right there. But like I said, this is an elected, of, of, elected official. This is who is representing us. So just keep that in mind as I play the clip. Hi, everyone. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here. And I'm once again out in front of Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, it's not only in my district. It's the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood, I, I believe, in the country. And today's protester. Now, she is an old white lady who's going to try to avoid showing you her face. Um, but the same. So also just to point out, he is white as well. So he says old white lady white mom, white teenagers, all privileged, he's white too, just throwing that out there, so just kind of a ironic move. ...laws, and luckily, that protect her from being out here, also protect me from showing you who she is. Well, you're trying to dox her, you're trying to give off her address, you're trying to show her face, so she's pretty much just walking around with her head down. Because she doesn't want to be doxxed by somebody with thousands of tens of thousands of followers um, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I see why. Now me, since I'm a political activist, I would try to get out there. But she is doing her own business. She is just trying to advocate for not killing babies quietly and peacefully. And he's trying to dox her. This other guy, this middle-aged uh, white guy too... He is going to say, he's going to say his name, but he's going to try to get his address, too. Brian Sims. And so my hope is, is that you'll donate $100 for every extra hour that this woman is out here telling people what's right for their bodies. So I have a couple questions for you, ma'am. How, how many children have you clothed today? So he keeps asking her here, how many people have you clothed? How many people have you taken in? And the funny thing is, actually, Steven Crowder did a prank call a couple years ago when the... Muslim, or excuse me, the, the, yeah, Muslim refugee crisis, the Syrian refugee crisis was all up in arms. They're flooding Europe. Obama, the Obama administration was letting them into our country. He pretty much pranked, called them. I don't have the clip with me. And he asked most of these churches, these houses, all these activists, these advocates for these Syrian refugees, to let him in. Hey, how about you take them into your house? I've got, I've got a couple with me. He was joking. He was saying, oh, I have a couple uh, Syrian refugees with me. How about you take them to your church? How about you take them into your place? And these were all liberal leftist run. And they all said no. So when he says, how many people have you taken in? Um, You don't really need to kind of answer that. You can just say, I raised kids. I don't know if this lady did or didn't. But you could just say, I raised kids. I have a family and I have grandkids. I have a family and I have my own kids. 
Maybe that's why. Maybe that's a way of, of taking people in, not killing them. Here's the rest of that clip. I'm sorry, I missed your answer. How many children have you clothed today? How about how many children have you put shoes on their feet today? Have you fed any children today? Or have you just stood out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do? So this is the other part I'm going to point out. So there is a difference between something that is on the law and the books that is a constitutional, that is in the law, that is ruled by the Supreme Court. There's something that, and then there's something that is morally. So there's something that's lawfully just and then morally just. So yes, it's in the law. Yes, it's legal to kill babies, unfortunately. But is it moral? And that's what the Democrats are on. That's their pro-choice platform. And that's the easiest, easiest way to debunk their argument. If you're ever debating a pro-choicer, you're ever in a Twitter battle or whatever you want to call it with them, the easiest way is just to call them out for what it is, what is a what do you define a life as and what it actually is, and expose them for actually killing babies because it is killing babies. If you see pictures of them, they're not a clump of cells. They're not a ball of tissues. They're actually babies. And it's not morally just to kill them, but it is legal to. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind through the pro-life, pro-choice argument. Through the pro-life, pro-choice debate. All around the country. Just keep that in mind. shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do. Who would have thought that an old white lady would be out in front of a Planned Parenthood telling people what's right for their bodies? Shame on you. Shame on you for hiding. And the funny thing is, he keeps saying, oh, these white people. Oh, these old white people. So like I said, he's white too, which is, like I said, well, he's, I guess you could say intersectional because he's gay. But Planned Parenthood has killed more black babies than the Ku Klux Klan in the entire history of this country, since Roe v. Wade, they have killed millions of black babies. The Ku Klux Klan killed, it was in the hundreds or thousands. Planned Parenthood has killed millions. So I love when he says, Planned Parenthood isn't racist, Planned Parenthood is great. But this old white lady that's just advocating for life, that is saying, it is immoral, yes it's legal, but it's immoral to kill babies and that's disgusting, that's why I'm out here. It's hilarious that he does this. Given the facts out there. Your face at the same time that you're shaming other people. Again, the same laws that protect me protect you, and, and that's okay. You're allowed to be out here. That doesn't mean that you have a moral right to be out here. Shame on you. What you're doing here is disgusting. So she doesn't have a moral right to protest babies being killed, but he has a moral right to advocate, which he does, and a moral right for women to go out and kill babies. Women do not have a moral obligation or right to kill babies. Yes, it's legal, but they don't. But somehow it's immoral to go out and protest a Planned Parenthood with love, with peace, saying, I don't agree with you and what you are doing is immoral and disgusting. Can I sway you to the, pro to the pro-life arg argument? That's disgusting. So the next clip, he pretty much goes on. And oh, also, before I move on, I just want to say the clip, him harassing the old white lady, is actually eight minutes. So I just showed a minute and 30 second clip. It goes on for eight minutes. So the next clip, he goes, pretty much says, oh, that's not enough. That's not enough to harass an elderly white lady. I'm just pointing out white just because he did. Um, it's not enough to go out and harass her for eight minutes. So how about I harass some other people? How about I harass a mother? He has taken in kids, by the way. So this kind of debunks his argument for pro-lifers are greedy. They don't take in kids. She has kids and the the teenage girls with them. So he goes up to them and he attack. He doesn't attack them. He verbally attacks them. He harasses them. And I believe the middle-aged white man is in this clip. He gives out his name, but he doesn't give out his address. He full-on just tries to dox these people. Just disgusting. And by the way, keep in mind, he's an elected official. He's not part of Antifa. He's not... Just a, a regular activist, like I am. He, he's an actual elected official. This is who the people of Pennsylvania elected. You, you've got to be kidding me.
uh, Representative Brian Sims here, and I am outside the Planned Parenthood at southeastern Pennsylvania. Oh, no, they're leaving now. What we've got here is a bunch of protesters, a bunch of pseudo-Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. So I just want to point out, pseudo-Christian, it's pretty much fake Christians that, I don't want to say fake Christians, but people that are over the top that say, oh, Christ this, Christ that, Jesus this, Jesus that, and they're total hypocrites. That's what pseudo-Christians are. Um, I don't know these people. The lady went on Fox News. I listened to the entire interview with, I believe, Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity. She didn't seem like a pseudo-Christian, let me tell you that. Because pseudo-Christians, when they are off the bat and they start talking, they immediately mention scriptures and all this other stuff, and they are total hypocrites. These people aren't pseudo-Christian. Of course, he tries to associate all pro-lifers with pseudo-Christians. Let me tell you something, especially in the pro-life argument, 90, I want to say, probably 90%, most pro-lifers do not bring out the fact that they are Christians and their beliefs conflict with these pro-choicers. It's based off of logic and reality that they are not a clump of cells, that that is actual life, that that is an actual baby, that there are brain waves, that there is a heartbeat, that they can breathe, that their lungs are forming, that they have fingerprints, that they have fingernails, they can cry, they can communicate with the mother, they have emotional connections with the mother and the father. They base it off of that, not Christianity or any of their religions. Yes, it conflicts with pro-choice, with the pro-choice movement. Most of the time, they are basing it off of logic, facts, and reality. So I love how he proves, he, or excuse me, he points this out, but he doesn't even know who the hell pro-lifers are and what they're advocating for. So here's the deal. I've got $100 to anybody who will identify any of these three. So he's doxing them. I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. There's so the look, mom. A bunch of white people standing up in front of a Planned Parenthood. Shaming people. Really There's nothing Christian about what you're doing. Nothing Christian at all about what you're doing. And if you didn't hear that, there's, I believe, a Mexican or a Latina girl uh, with them, and she said, I'm pretty far from white, which she is by the looks of it, and he says, oh, these white pseudo-Christian protesters, and the mother simply waved at him, said, we're out here advocating for babies being killed, we're not uh, advocating for, we are advocating against babies being killed, advocating against the pro-choice movement, not pro-choice people, the pro-choice individuals, the pro-choice people that are emotionally torn by should I abort this baby because the left classifies as abortion not killing a baby or do I go with these pro-lifers that the left says is evil and they hate women's rights what do I do that's what they're saying in the last clip I said you saw those people the guy got out of the car and he started beating the pro-lifer he said a woman came in trying going to get an abortion she was emotionally torn she came out and decided not to get that abortion and he cried and he prayed with her with the baby that's what the pro-life movement is based off of. Not these pseudo-Christian, white, hates women's rights people. That's not what it is at all. And it's disgusting that he says it is, and he doesn't even know what the hell the pro-life movement are is and the people inside it. Christian or loving or godly about so what here's the middle-aged guy. $100 to anybody who will identify $100. See if you got some friends. And by the way, those girls, the teenage girls there, when the mom was on Fox News, she said that they were at the pro-life move or the pro-life march, March for Life in D.C. this past January, with all these famous activists and commentators like Ben Shapiro, etc., and that there were violent. There are some violent pro-choicers when the or the women's march was going on. And let me tell you, tell you, there were. If you wore a MAGA hat to there, you were gonna get beaten. There were people that were actually beaten. You got it on camera. There, look it up. There's videos of the women's march that pro-lifers, that Trump supporters are, and conservatives are being beaten. But somehow the pro-lifers, we are intolerant. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Here, 100 bucks. It'd be easier if you just give me your name and your address. Uh, um, Rich. Come on. Rich, Rich, where are you from? Uh, Rich, what makes you think that it's your job to tell women what's right for their bodies? And the truth is, I'm not really asking because I don't care. Shame on so, Brian Sims, he says, oh, well, why are you out here to tell women what's right for their bodies? Um, it turns out it's not their bodies, it's the baby's body. If I, if a woman goes out and says, I'm going to get this abortion, don't tell me it's my, what I can do with my body. It's my body, my choice. Um, yeah, it's the baby's body. 
and probably the first thing they'll do with that that claim, which it is the baby's body, they'll say, oh, well, the baby's completely dependent on the mother. Okay, a two-year-old is too. If you leave a two-year-old in a house all alone for an hour, you're going to come back with him sticking a fork in the outlet and getting electrocuted or him dumping a toaster in the bathtub. They're completely dependent on the parents too and the mother. So we're three-year-olds, probably four-year-olds. Yes, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds. They're all dependent. Does that mean we get to kill them too? No, of course not. And also, this is the exact same argument of the slave debate in the 1800s. The exact same. This slave is on my land, therefore I get to whip him. I get to do whatever I want with him. I get to work him to he or she is dead. I get to do whatever I want with him. It's my land, my choice. Now it's my body, my choice. It's the baby. It's in my body. I can do whatever I want with it. It's just a clump of tissues. It's not a life, just like the slaves, slave owners said. It's not a citizen. It's not a citizen of this country. It's just a, either they said N-word. It's just a slave. They're not valuable. And it's the exact same argument. It's my body, my choice. It's just a clump of tissues. It's just a clump of cells. Just straight up disgusting. So let me finish this clip, and he's talking about how he's going to give 100 bucks to Planned Parenthood. So nice going, Brian Sims. Guys, Planned Parenthood out here faces attacks daily from people like this, from from pseudo-Christians saying that they are, are here to somehow pr protect their, their own version of Christianity. Um, so do me a favor. If you've watched this, please consider giving $100 to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to do... And he says he's going to do the same. So, yeah, their own version of Christianity. Um, maybe the entire version of Christianity preaches not to kill people or babies. Great move by Brian Sims. Great move by the Democratic Party. Um, he came out. I don't have the uh, the clip with me. But he came out and gave a lame, just disgusting apology, a fake apology, about how he maybe went maybe a little bit too hard on the pro-lifers, but they're still evil. They're still evil, white, straight, pseudo-Christians that hate women's rights. Even though there's most people were women, there were four people, or actually five, that were women and one white guy. Good job. Good job, Brian Sims, and good job for the Democratic Party defending him. So moving on to our next topic, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp last week signed a the heartbeat bill. So pretty much the heartbeat bill is this bill it's a, that states can decide, their legislators can decide whether we want to put restrictions on abortions if there's a heartbeat that's detected with the baby, which pretty much puts a pin on abortions down to three to five weeks, um, that, that abortions are now, you can't, you can't have it. It's the baby. You, can ha you have to have the baby. So this is morally just and it's lawfully just too. So... The Democratic Party is advocating against this, as you may have guessed. So, my initial opinion on this is that I fully support the heartbeat bill, I fully agree with Governor Brian Kemp, and I fully agree with his actions to take it. He took a ton, a ton of legislative process. He used very little executive power for this. So, very good, Brian Kemp. Let me just read this article, giving my, or giving the information on it. So, According to The Root, come January 1st, abortion will be virtually outlawed in the state of Georgia as governor signs in so-called heartbeat bill into law. So, the heartbeat bill, a.k.a. Georgia, Ho Georgia House Bill 481, outlaws abortions after the first sign of a fetal heartbeat, which can occur as soon as six weeks into a preg pregnancy, often before a woman even realizes that she is pregnant. Exceptions will be made in cases of rape or incest, but only if a woman files a police report first, or to save the life of a mother, the, the mother, the, the Associated Press reports. So completely agree with it. That's exactly what this country needs. We need this on a national scale. That's what it comes down to. Quote, I'm signing this bill to ensure all Georgians have the opportunity to live, grow, learn, and prosper in this great state of Georgia, Kemp said. The law, which is to take effect January 1st of 2020, is among the most restrictive abortion legislation in the nation, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and it already has activists gearing to battle in it in court. At least 15 states, ranging from Maryland to Texas, are considering versions of the, quote, 
of, quote, heartbeat legislation in 2019. Governors in Kentucky, Mississippi, and Ohio all have signed similar heartbeat bills. Um, so Ohio, they they were trying to get one passed a couple years ago when Governor Kasich, a fake conservative, as you all know, he ran against Trump, um, was in office. He's not in office anymore. So if I, th- I think if the heartbeat bill comes back up again, I think it'll be passed in Ohio too. Where did I say Georgia just there? I mean Ohio. Kasich, fake conservative, he turned down the bill. So... A federal judge has already issued a, a preliminary injunction against the Kentucky law, and similar laws enacted in recent years in Iowa and North Dakota have also been struck down in the courts. Alabama is considering an even stricter bill that would make it a felony to perform abortions in almost all cases. Abortions could be be- performed only if the woman's life is at risk, and they left out rape or incest just here also. So, this is great. This is just what we needed. I'm going to show a clip of uh, Governor Kemp signing this into law. So great, great job by the Kemp administration. Great, great job by the state of Georgia and the legislative conservative process by getting this through. I congratulate that. Thank you all so much for being here with us this morning. As you all know, Georgia is a state that values life. We protect the innocent. We champion the vulnerable, we stand up and speak for those unable to speak for themselves. The Life Act is very simple, but also very powerful. A declaration that all life has value, that all life matters, and that all life is worthy of protection. I understand, like the others have said, that some oppose this legislation. I realize that some may challenge it in the court of law. But our job is to do what is right, not what is easy. Exactly. We are called to be strong and courageous. And we will not back down. We will always continue to fight for life. I'm signing HB 481 this morning to ensure that all Georgians have the opportunity to live, grow, learn, and prosper in our great state. Through the Life Act, we will allow precious babies to grow up and realize their full God-given potential. So now he's signing it in. Great job. Great job, Brian Kemp. Great, great job to the conservatives of Georgia, and the Kemp administration, of course, to getting this bill through. Thank you. So moving on to the next branch of this topic, Hollywood actors, of course, and actresses have threatened to boycott this Georgia over HB 41, the bill that was just signed into law. So who would have saw this coming? Um, so, so according to The Hill, Hollywood actors threatened to boycott Georgia if, quote, heartbeat abortion bill comes, becomes a law. Alyssa Milano, the head of this boycott, pretty much tweeted uh, in March, There are over 20 productions shooting in Georgia, and the state just voted to strip women of their bodily autonomy. Hollywood, we should stop feeding the Georgia economy. Hashtag HB41 is bad for business. Heartbeat bill approved by Georgia's Senate. And then she gives a link to it. Great job, Alyssa Milano, there, for advocating that women have the right to kill babies. Good job. Now, these are excerpts from the article. A growing list of Hollywood celebrities signed onto a letter sent to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp threatening to push film production crews to abandon the state if the pending, quote, heartbeat abortion bill becomes a law. According to the Atlantic Journal-Constitution, more than 40 prominent actors have already signed onto the letter as soon onto the letter as of Thursday. Rosie O'Donnell, Gabrielle Union, Pat Oswalt, Amy Schumer, Ben Stiller, Sarah Silverman, Don Cheadle, Mara, Mia Farrow, Essence Atkins, Uzo Aduba, and Christina Applegate are among those who have signed the letter. The letter, spearheaded by Alyssa, Mil- Alyssa Milano, comes a week after the actress tweeted on Friday urging film companies to leave Georgia after the Senate, after the Senate, after the state Senate passed it, also known as HB 481. 
That bill would ban abortions once the fetal heartbeat is detected. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Why is it bad that if a heartbeat is detected, which means they're alive, that you can shut down abortions? Which I completely agree with. This is, which is completely moral. If, Like I've said, I've said this on the show before. If there's bacteria detected on Mars, any bacteria, that is considered life. Why is not a heartbeat in the womb, brainwaves, anything like that, anything critical to life? Why isn't that considered life is beyond me. In the letter, the actor started off by complimenting the state for its, quote, friendly and caring citizens and, having, and for having hotels and restaurants, quote, comfortable and of high quality. Quote, but we cannot in good conscience continue to recommend our industry remain in Georgia if HB 41 becomes law. End quote. They continue, quote, this dangerous and deeply flawed bill mimics many others which have already been deemed unconstitutional. The letter reads, quote, as men who identify as small government conservatives, we remind you that government is never bigger than when it is inside a woman's body or in her doctor's office. So, like I said before, it's not her body. It's the baby's body. And the government is letting women choose to kill babies so they can get the woman's vote. It's that simple. The Democrats did not make abortion legal to give women's rights. I mean, they did back in the 70s, partly. But their big main reason behind the curtains, and it of course is now exposed, is to get women to vote for them. Once the women, once any group, believes they are oppressed by another group, and that are they're scared and feared by it, and that the one group, the Democrats, give a solution to it, and that solution is abortion, they're going to vote for the D- Democrats. They're going to vote blue nonstop. It's as simple as that. That's why abortion is legal in this country. That's the only reason. Quote, This bill would remove the possibility of women receiving reproductive health care before most even know they are pregnant and force, may, and force many women to undergo re- unregulated. Hidden procedures at great risk to their health. Let me tell you. Planned Parenthood, very little, very little provides for women's health. They provide for abortions. That's their main source of income, is abortions. Not for women's health, not anything relating to the health of women. It is for abortions. That's their source of income. That's how they're making their money. It's not for women's health. So when they say it is, they're lying. I don't have the statistics, I don't have the data with me, but it is mainly, the majority of it is for abortions. Quote, if the Georgia legislator and Governor Kemp make HB 41481 law, it is entirely possible that many of those in our industry will either want to leave the state or decide not to bring productions there. The statement added, quote, such a potential cost of blatant attack on every woman's right to control her own body. It's not your right to kill babies. Like I said, just because of it, it's convenient to you to kill babies and the baby doesn't have a voice because he is dependent on the mother up until they're four, five, six, seven, eight, does not mean you can kill it just because it's convenient for you. It's outright disgusting, and it's outright immoral. It really is. So, my opinion, I just want to give my complete overview on abortion, is that it's disgusting, it should be outlawed, and that... The only reason, the only way I'd concede to this is if a woman is raped or if they ha- are at risk for dying. Their health is at risk. Three-week cutoff. Only way. But anyways, I completely agree with the bill. The Hollywood actors are going to have little to no impact on this. And, I mean, really, we're, our movement, our pro-life movement is really going to be swayed by you not coming there to act. I mean, come on. So moving on to our next topic, last weekend, you might have heard and you might have not, Hamas launched hundreds of rockets into is onto Israeli civilians. So before we get into anything else, I want to break down Hamas and the three types of anti-Semitism that exist all through the West and the East and the Muslim world. So let's start with anti-Semitism. So there's right-wing anti-Semitism, so which is far right. So white supremacist, nationalist, and most likely for a Jew to be killed by in the West. 
So the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, the Poway, California shooting, those were all right-wing motivated anti-Semitic attacks. That's what it is. And then there's left-wing anti-Semitism. It's far-left anti-Semitism. It demonizes Israel. They're anti-Zionist. They portray the Jews as filthy and greedy capitalists. They make conspiracies about Jews on the national and international stage about Jews relating to world events. They refer to their type of anti-Semitism as anti-Zionism instead. Left-wing and right-wing anti-Semitism were both present in Nazi Germany, by the way. Just to clarify, if anybody's wondering, Hitler, of course, was a white supremacist. He was, he was of course, a fascist, which is far, far left. But he did have far-right beliefs when it came to Jews. He did. He had these anti, or he had these anti-Semitic, far-right beliefs when it came to Judaism. And of course, he he believed the Jews were behind the failure of Germany and the collapse of Europe, and that's how he got his left, far-left anti-Semitism in there. So, then there is Islamic anti-Semitism, radical Islamic, Islamic extremist, whatever you want to call it, anti-Semitism. They openly hate Jews and Israel. They support Palestine, they're dominant in the Middle East, and in the Eastern Hemisphere. Islamic anti-Semitism is present in attacks when, of course, you might have guessed, when Muslims radical extremist Muslims target and kill Jews. This is very common, like I said, in the Eastern world and the Muslim world happens all the time. So so there's right wing, there's left wing, and there's Islamic. Islamic and right wing, okay? So like I said, right wing is you're the most likely to be killed by in the Western Hemisphere, and then Islamic is the most likely to be killed by if you're a Jew in the Eastern and the Muslim world Left-wing is mostly present in politics. That's that's the foundation for anti-Semitism. That's how it is broken down. So, I'm going to explain Hamas briefly. They control Gaza, and in 2005, Israel pulled out of Gaza. They pulled out the president at the time. I forget his name. He believed it was unnecessary. He believed that it was kind of ridiculous to keep the Jews there, to keep the Israelis there. Well, not the Jews, but the Israelis there. And when they pulled out Hamas and all these other terrorist groups and the, uh, I believe, was it Muslim Brotherhood? Or I forget what the other group was that works with Hamas. Hamas is dominant, though. um, Took over and forced all of the Jews out. There were literally Israelis telling and giving other Israelis aid to pull out. And most of the Jews got out. There are no Jews there. And when the left says, oh, all these Jews are in Gaza. All of these Jews are just attacking these innocent Muslims. Yeah, there's, there's no Jews. And Israel doesn't go on bombing sprees on Gaza for no reason. They bomb and they kill specific targets and specific terrorists when Gaza is excited and Hamas is excited to fly 690 rockets, which happened, and I'll read about, and I'll tell you about, and this is the topic, out and kill random civilians, random Israelis. They don't care if they're Arab. They don't care if they're Muslim. They don't care if they're Jewish. They just want the Israelis dead. And a big question in politics in the 21st century is that if Palestine and Gaza and Hamas and all these other terrorist groups put down their weapons... The next day, um, they would all exist. Now, if Israel would put down their weapons for 24 hours, there would be no more Israel. They would march in and kill every single Jew, every single Arab, every single Muslim under Israel. That's how it would go. That's how they are motivated. Israel is motivated to take out specific targets. So pretty much, I'm just going to give a quick overview. And also... Hamas, I just wanted to throw out, have a huge influence over the Palest- over Palestine and partly controls their government. So, I just want to briefly read the Hamas Charter. So, the Hamas Charter is the defining document of the racist terrorist group ruling Gaza. So, excerpts from the Hamas Charter. Quote, Islam will obliterate Israel and... No negotiations. Oh, bomber for the left. They want to negotiate with Hamas. They want to negotiate with Palestine. Turns out, you can't. You cannot. There are no concessions made. This is why I fully support Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, annexing the West Bank, taking back Gaza, taking back whatever is necessary in Israel, Israeli 
in Israeli territory. There are no negotiations with them. So the Hamas government, in the name of the most mer- in the, in the name of the most merciful Allah. So prologue quote: Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. Not true. The Israelis are the most persecuted group in the history of mankind and were never ever dominant in the Middle East. If Israel really wanted to, they could they could start a war and they could take back most of the Middle East. They could take over most of the Middle East. They could probably take over Iran. They could take them out. If they really wanted to. They just don't. They're the most moral army, the most moral country in the world. It is in Israeli and Jewish scriptures to, I don't have the quote with me, to never kill anybody without an unjust reason. And then there's the Islamic extremist scriptures, which I'm reading, the Hamas Charter, that the left openly supports. They're openly scared of them. They openly won't condemn them. And this is what they're defending. Quote, Our struggle against the Jews is very great and very serious. It needs all sincere efforts. So now there's the no negotiations. So, quote, This is the law governing the land of Palestine and the Islamic Sharia law, and the same goes for any land and the, Mus- and the Muslims have conquered by force. That the Muslims have conquered by force. So, quote, Initiatives and so-called peaceful solutions in international conferences are in contradiction to the Islamic resistance movement. There is no solutions for the Pal- there is no solution for the Palestinian question except through jihad. And this is not peaceful jihad. This is not internal struggle, guys. This is actual violent jihad. Initiatives, proposal, and international conferences that are all a waste of time in vain endeavors. This goes under no negotiations. This is their charter. So some facts. Hamas was created from the Palestinian branch of the mother Muslim Brotherhood, which President Trump just last week declared an actual terrorist group. Good job, President Trump. Hamas was responsible for the countless suicide bomb attacks between 2000 and 2005. Over 18,000 rockets and mortars were fire, fired from Hamas-controlled Gaza since 2005. So, kill Jews is their last part of their char- charter. Quote, The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews killing the Jews. When the Jew will hide behind the stones and trees, the stones and trees will say, zero Muslims, zero Abdullah, there's a Jew behind me, come and kill him. Only the Garkad tree, evidently a certain kind of tree, would not do that because it is the one of the tree, because it is one of the trees of the Jews. So that is their charter. That is what Hamas stands for. That is what Hamas fights for. And that is also what the left fights for, to advocate for this. They're of left-wing obviously, anti-Semitism, but they're very friendly with Islamic anti-Semitism. So, save me your crocodile tears. Save me these fake tears when you go out and you cry about the Tree of Life synagogue shooting or the Poway, California shooting. This is why I'm so, I'm critical of every single type of anti-Semitism. If you are not like me, if you are not critical of every single anti-Semitism, you are, you are not advocating against anti-Semitism. You're just not. You have to be present, and you have to fight against every anti-Semitism, every type of it, every attack, every type of rhetoric, every speech, every tweet, every post, to advocate against anti-Semitism. And the last thing before we move into anything else is the left conflates anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism. So anti-Semitism hates Jews. Anti-Zionism is, you quote, hate the state of Israel, you don't want a state of Israel, you support Palestine, you want an Arab, Muslim run Palestine. That's how it is, and that's, the left conflates it together. They say when you accuse the left of being anti-Semitic, which most of them are, they say, oh, no, no, guys, 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 I'm I'm not anti-Semitic. No, 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 no. I'm anti-Zionist. So it's okay to wipe 16, or 6 million Jews off the face of the earth because you're an anti-Zion. Because you're an anti-Zionist. But you're not anti-Semitic if you do that. You're not anti-Semitic if you back the rhetoric of Ilhan Omar and actual things she's done, like try to provide health care for people associated with the San Bernardino shooting and ISIS. No, no, no. You're, you're just an anti-Zion, guys. You're just an anti-Zionist. So just all around, great move by the left. Great move by Hamas, too. So I just want to introduce the topic of Rocket Fire by reading this Article, according to Business Insider, Israel's Iron Dome missile interception system stopped 86% of an enormous rocket barrage despite Hamas claims to have overwhelmed it. So, B- 
before we get into anything else, I just want to briefly explain this Iron Dome system. So the Iron Dome system, I believe, was enacted by Benjamin Netanyahu, who is a great prime minister in Israel. It's exactly what they need. He's in the Likud right-wing party, and he pretty much set these, I, I, and this might have been before him, but whoever did, it might have been him, let's just say it is, set these up to intercept Palestinian missiles. And it's getting harder, too. They're not overwhelming them, but it's getting a little bit harder because Iran is now giving what, missiles to Palestine. They're, and these are highly sophisticated missiles. These are highly engineered and good missiles. So they're giving these missiles to them, but the Israel Iron Dome is still intercepting them. It's pretty much a system. It shoots out. It's like a missile interceptor. It shoots them out, and it's all in, all over Israel's major cities, cities, military bases, you name it. And the Democrats are actually against this. The Democratic Party has proposed policies and bills to regulate and cut down Israel's Iron Dome system, which has stopped 86% of the 900 and, or the 690 missiles fired last weekend. So, Israel, Israel's missile defense system, the Iron Dome, blocked 86% of Hamas rocket bombardment on Saturday, according to figures from the Israel, Israeli military. Also, just want to throw out there, imagine if Mexico would launch missiles at us. Imagine if Mexico would launch 690 missiles at San Diego, at LA, at Phoenix, at Tempe, at Texas, and New Mexico, at El Paso, you name it. Imagine if they do this, that to us. Um, yeah, we'd come in and we'd knock out Mexico City and the regime in an hour. It wouldn't take us too long, guys. It wouldn't. So, the fact that Israel just doesn't do this, the fact that they have waited this long to talk about, to even talk, not even take any policy into action, to annex the West Bank, and bomb or take back Gaza, which they haven't even talked about yet, not really, um, just amazes me. That's how moral Israel is in the Israeli army and military. So, Israel's missile, Israel's missile defense system, the Iron Dome, blocked 86% of Hamas rocket bombardment on Saturday. According to figures from the Israeli military, Hamas launched 690 rockets into Israel in a concentrated barrage that killed four people. The Israeli Defense Forces said spokespeople for the group claimed that strikes as a victory that managed to disrupt the Iron Dome system, which has managed managed to dr dramatically reduce the effectiveness of Hamas rocket attacks since it was deployed in 2011. So it was deployed under, under ben Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, so, like I said, this is protecting Israel. This has drastically, like it said, cut down Hamas rocket fire, successful rocket fire, and the Democrats just want to take that away? That's like saying Europe wants to cut down our military. That, that's like saying they want to cut down our right to defend our own country. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to happen. But somehow Israel has to put up with it when the Democrats do this. The Israeli Defense Forces, IDF, published the following statistics about Saturday's strike. 690 rockets were fired toward Israel, 410, almost two-thirds of the total, hit unhab un uninhabited areas and were not engaged by the Iron Dome, 279 rockets were engaged by the Iron Dome, and 240 of these, 86%, were successfully intercepted, 39, about 14%, made it through and caused the four deaths. Although the 39 successful rocket strikes caused a lot of destruction, the Hamas tactic of mass firing appears to have only reduced the effectiveness of the dome by a few percentage points. According to figures cited by the Jerusalem Post, the Iron Dome has been operating at a 90% 90, 90 success rate since 2014, which was up from a previous rate of 75%. According to the experts monitoring missile activity in the Levant, Hamas has acquired a large number of poor quality missiles, which has allowed it to let loose large flurries on Israel. And like I said, this is changing since Iran is now supplying Hamas with morally or highly sophisticated weapons. And the Democrats, let me just tell you, are saying we should get back in the Iran deal and that are advocating for Iran. Keep that in mind. So this next, moving on to the next branch of our topic, still under the attacks, pretty much, Iran-U.S. tensions are rising amid intelligence of Iran 
plotting to attack U.S. forces in the region. So let me just inform you with these these articles and these tweets. So, according to ABC News, aircraft carrier sent to Middle East after indications Iran planned to attack on U.S. forces. So this aircraft carrier was the USS or the USS Lincoln, I believe. It was sent to the uh, the uh, the Persian Gulf just in case because Iran. This was supposed to be a mass attack on the West, on Israel, on the U.S., and it didn't follow through, thankfully, with Iran. Even though if it would have, this could have started a war. Keep that in mind. The U.S. deployed an aircraft carrier strike group and a, bom and a bomber task force to the Middle East in response to, quote, clear indications Iran and Iranian proxies were playing an attack on U.S. forces in the region, U.S. officials said. Let Late Sunday night, the White House made the surprise announcement that led the USS Abraham Lincoln, I was right, and a bomber task force were being deployed in response to a, quote, to unspecified, quote, troubling and escalatory indications and warnings. A statement from National Security Advisor John Bolton said the deployments were un intended, quote, to send a clear and unmistakable message to the Iranian regime that any attack on the United States' interests or on those of our allies will be met with unrelenting force. The, quote, the United States is not seeking war with the Iranian regime, but we are fully pre prepared to respond to any attack, whether by proxy, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or any Iranian forces, the statement continued. So, Pat Shinanan, the acting Secretary of Defense for, uh, of course, the United States, tweeted this. Last night's announced deployment of the at CNV at CVN underscore 72 in the at U.S. Air Force bomber task force to the at CENTCOM area of responsibility, which I approved yesterday, represents a brutal repositioning of assets in response to indications of a credible threat by Iranian regime forces. We call on the Iranian regime to cease all provocation. We will hold the Iranian regime accountable for any attack on U.S. forces or our interests. So completely agree with the tweet, completely agree on the initiatives taken. If this would have happened, yes, this could have resulted in a war. So that's the kind of my next little, not predictions, but what could have happened pretty easily. And I don't think it would have succeeded, but it could have put the Middle East into more chaos. So it would have been a chain of events too. So it would have taken some lucky attacks from the Islamic radical whoever on the West, in the U.S. and Israel. So, this, a lot of people are talking about and speculating. Could have this turned into another six-day war? Well, you've got Lebanon, you've got Jordan, you've got Egypt, you've got Iran, you've got Saudi Arabia, you've got Syria, you've got, not really Iraqi, and you've got Turkey. So, Turkey doesn't get along with Iran. Saudi Arabia doesn't get along with Iran. And the Egypt is cooperating with the United States which leaves Lebanon and Jordan to do all the work, which Israel would pretty much just take out very quickly, like they did in 1967. So, the, Iran and Saudi Arabia would never fight side by side with the, current, with the current leadership. As you know, Iran and Saudi Arabia rival each other, and they're both evil, evil dictatorships, and Turkey does not get along with Iran. And like I said, Egypt is cooperating with the U.S. We have some tight arms deals with them. There's some. There's not much tension between Egypt and Israel, and I think it would stay that way. I think Egypt would say, you know what, guys, I'm going to stay out of this fight. It's up to you, and I think it would just fall apart with Turkey, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. Just because the Middle East is so divided, I don't think this would have turned into a six-day war scenario. I, I really don't. But giving my final overall view on all of this, Hamas is an evil... Radical Islamic terrorist group, and we will take them out. Israel will eventually take them out, whether they form into something new, which I don't think. I think ISIS is going to form into something new, but whether they do or not, Israel will take them out. I believe Israel should take back Gaza. I believe Israel should take back Golan Heights and the West Bank, and I think Israel is the most moral, if not the U.S., I think Israel is the most moral army and military in the world i really do it's a known fact it's in jewish scriptures like i said it's embedded in israeli culture it's embedded in the israeli constitution and 
The Democrats are so ruthless. They're so scared to condemn Ilhan Omar just because they're scared of her base. And Rashida Tlaib also, they're scared to condemn because they're scared of the Islamic base, the 3 million roughly, 4 million Muslims voting blue every election cycle. And that just leads you to think, why is the Democratic Party so shady? Why is the Democratic Party, why have they morphed into this this really, the leadership, the progressive leadership, why have they turned into this, in this kind of, I don't normally say this, but backing evil and being evil and all of this other stuff. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tell your family, friends, neighbors, and even liberals. Go follow my social media. At Brent underscore Allen 94 on Instagram and at Brent underscore Allen 94 on Twitter. Uh, those are all lowercase letters. At Brent underscore Allen 94. At Brent underscore Allen 94 on Twitter and Instagram. And Brent Allen, capital B, Brent, capital A, Allen, Allen, Brent Allen on Facebook. Give it a rating. You really need some more ratings. If you don't do it, then we won't be doing this much longer because. The show won't just grow and we won't get enough support. And also shout out and promote the show on all of your social media. That'll help us out a ton. We'll be back next week with episode 13. I'm Brent Allen and this is the Brent Allen Podcast. The Brent Allen Podcast is an Anchor Publishing production. Anchor.fm 2019.